Hello, it's Tax Credit Tuesday, and I'm Michael Novogratik. You're listening to the Novogratik Report on Tax Credits, presented by Novogratik & Company, LLP. Each Tax Credit Tuesday podcast brings listeners the latest developments in the affordable housing, community development, and renewable energy industries. Today is Tuesday, May 27, 2008, and this week we will review a recent ruling from the IRS that provides guidance on structuring renewable energy tax credit transactions. But first, let's discuss the current status of the Housing Stimulus Bill and the tax extender legislation, both of which are making their way through Congress. On Tuesday, May 20th, the Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee passed a bill to address the foreclosure crisis. The bill would overhaul the Federal Housing Administration, or FHA, mortgage insurance programs and would restructure the regulation of the government-sponsored enterprises, commonly referred to as the GSEs, which include Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The measure was approved by a bipartisan vote of 19 to 2. The bill would expand the role of the FHA by allowing the agency to guarantee up to $300 billion in refinance mortgages. This bill also creates a new regulator for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and the 12 federal home loan banks. The new regulator would have increased oversight over the GSE's capital and the size of their investment portfolios. Additionally, the measure increases the conforming loan limit for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to $550,000. Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson expressed support for the bill after its approval. He said, quote, We have long called for strong, comprehensive GSE reform. This is the most significant component of the legislation passed today creating a world-class financial regulator with appropriate authorities to oversee the GSE's operations. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are guaranteeing a greater share of mortgages than ever before. It's never been more critical that markets have confidence in how these companies are overseen and regulated. Close quote. James Lockhart, director of the Office of Federal Housing Enterprise Oversight, the entity that currently has oversight responsibilities for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, also expressed support for the new regulator, as proposed in the Senate Committee's bill. Lockhart said, quote, The GSE portion of the legislation should give the new regulator the tools necessary to ensure the safety and soundness of the GSEs so they fulfill their congressionally established mission of providing stability, liquidity, and affordability to the housing market. The bill will now be considered by the full Senate. If approved, a conference committee would reconcile the differences between the Senate legislation and H.R. 3221, the housing stimulus package approved by the House on May 8th. President Bush has threatened to veto the housing stimulus package if the final version too closely resembles the House bill. Meanwhile, the tax extenders legislation being considered in Congress also has garnered a veto threat. On May 21st, the House of Representatives approved legislation to extend tax credits and tax deductions that expired last year or would expire at the end of this year, including the new market tax credit. The legislation, called the Renewable Energy and Job Creation Act of 2008, would extend for one year through 2009 the New Markets Tax Credit. The bill also includes a six-year extension of the Investment Tax Credit, or ITC, for solar energy, three-year extensions of the Production Tax Credit, or PTC, for energy derived from biomass, geothermal, hydropower, landfill gas, and solid waste, and a one-year extension of the PTC for energy derived from wind. On May 21st, the same day the bill was considered and approved, the Bush administration released a statement of policy opposing the measure and threatening a veto. The statement of policy says that the administration supports the extension of many of the tax credits included in the legislation, including the new markets tax credit. But, like GOP lawmakers, it objects to the $55 billion bill because it does not address the alternative minimum tax. 
The White House also opposes the offsets that are proposed to pay for extending the tax incentives. Congress adjourned last week for a week-long Memorial Day recess, or what Congress refers to as the Memorial Day District Work Period. At the time of this recording, the Senate Finance Committee had not yet set a date to mark up its version of a tax extender package that Chairman Baucus and Ranking Member Grassley introduced in April. That bill, S-2886, would also extend certain renewable energy tax provisions as well as extend the NMTC for one year through 2009. An extension of the New Market Tax Credit will be one of the many topics discussed by industry leaders at the 7th Annual New Market Tax Credit Spring Conference on June 12th and 13th in Washington, D.C. It's not too late to register, so if you haven't already signed up, I encourage you to do so. You can reserve your space at the event by calling 415-356-7970 or send an email to events at novaco.com. Turning to this week's topic, Let's discuss a recent private letter ruling published by the Internal Revenue Service that provides guidance to affordable housing developers regarding how to structure bond finance projects to maximize renewable energy investment tax credits available under Section 48 of the Internal Revenue Code. In private letter ruling 2008-20011, the IRS ruled that no reduction in investment tax credit basis was required for solar equipment placed in a tax-exempt bond finance affordable housing project where bond loan documentation prohibited the use of bond loan proceeds to finance the solar equipment, and the bond proceeds were not actually used to finance the solar equipment, and the solar equipment did not serve as collateral for the bond loan. This ruling was welcomed by developers, who in some cases can now track the use of tax and bond financing to non-solar-related expenditures in order to be eligible for the solar investment tax credit. Under Section 48A4 of the Internal Revenue Code, if property is funded in whole or in part by federal subsidies such as taxes and bonds, then the basis that is eligible for solar tax credits can be reduced. Prior to the release of this ruling, there was some uncertainty about the eligible basis of the cost of solar equipment and projects that receive tax and bond funding, even if the solar equipment was financed separately. And even though the private letter ruling released on May 16th can be relied upon only by the parties involved, it does provide some indication of the kind of structures that taxpayers can employ to safely claim solar tax credits in taxes and bond funded developments. A copy of PLR 2008-20011 can be found online at Novograd & Company's Renewable Energy Tax Credit Resource Center website. You can find that website at www.energytaxcredits.com. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. Please join us again next Tuesday when we will discuss legislation being considered in Congress that would allow more low-income members of the armed forces to qualify to live in low-income housing tax credit financed rental housing. We will also examine changes to the state historic tax credit program recently approved in Georgia. And we'll discuss an announcement made earlier this month that American Samoa has been approved to participate in the low-income housing tax credit program. And finally, we'll cover the recent release of some statistics on the audit status of the New Market Tax Credit Program. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.